What is going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down episode I don't even know because I didn't bother looking. 109.3? 109.3, you are correct. And there is our co-host, Matt Quinn. How are you doing, man? Pretty good. Good, good, good. So, we are finished with the epic Hideo Kojima game, Death Stranding. Yeah, they really do cram to... a lot more of the story into the last quarter of the game. Yeah, yeah, they 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 really do. Um, I I don't know how to approach this. Obviously, we can go step by step, like everything that happened. I don't know if I want to go that route, especially when we get to the end, because yeah. it's all just smashed together in like a two and a half hour cutscene extravaganza. I see credits three times in this game. Yeah. So credits three times in this game. <laughs> it's definitely gonna mention that. Yeah. Um so the last we left off and you guys didn't hear it because my recording screwed up. I'm actually recording two recordings. I'm using our old recorder and we're using the Audacity method. So if if both of these screw up then we obviously don't need to talk about Death Stranding. So, yeah, last time, last thing we left off at, we had just arrived at Hartman's place. Um, yeah, just, just before we got there, after the, after that battle with Cliff Unger. Yep. Those last two, uh, the last two missions there, kind of, I guess, between that fight and the beginning of episode eight with Hartman. Those were some intense climbs as well. That I think that was one of the ones where I, I had gone a completely wrong path to try to get to Hartman, and tried to scale some cliffs and then just gave up and, and went back around. Yeah. The, yeah, I, I think I had ran into a few zip lines. The problem was we hadn't got Hartman's um, area on the Carol network yet, so. Once you pass that threshold, you can't build anything. Oh, yeah. So I was like, crap, I can't, can't use my PCCs. Yeah. If this is the but, mission I'm thinking of, it was, it was a pain because you could get to the doctor easily and then you could walk along the cliffs easily, but then you just come to a sheer place where I don't think there's any way to progress. Yeah. You have to go around. Yeah. I ended up backtracking after a lot of time, like stumbling up a cliff to just fall back down. Yeah. Maybe with enough ladders you could do it, I don't know, but definitely not the way I was trying to do it. Yeah, no. I, I toward about halfway through this game, I had stopped basically relying on anything except online stuff or just climbing with my hands kind of thing. Yeah. I spent a lot of time in the mountains in the last half of this game. Yeah. So we reach Hartman. And Hartman is a interesting person. Um, his backstory is is that when the Death Stranding occurred, he was having open heart surgery. I think he was having some kind of surgery. He was in the hospital, and when the uh, a void out happened, and it cut power to his life support I guess I don't I don't know how they had him hooked up yeah 
and he died for several minutes. His family, his daughter and his wife were in a city over, I think. Don't know why they wouldn't be at the hospital if husband and father are having a heart surgery. But they were caught in a void out that killed them. Hartman is now on a beach and he sees a whole bunch of people. Yeah, he's on the beach because his life support cut out, so he's dead as well. Yeah. And he's and in the crowd of people marching toward the, the seam, he sees his wife and child. Unfortunately, he cannot reach them. And by the time he starts to struggle to reach them, the doctors are resurrecting him. And they pull him back into the living world. And since then, he has hooked himself up to an AED machine. And every 21 minutes is inducing heart failure so that he can traverse the beaches to search for his family. And then every three minutes, the AED resuscitates him and brings him back to life. Sounds like a tough way to live. And he's been doing this. He's been doing this for like what? Eight years? Something like that? Yeah, something like that. Which again, like anytime they put some kind of inkling of how long it's been or what kind of time frame it is, it's all still a bit confusing to me. Yeah. So here's a couple of questions I'll throw out there because I know how this game ends, obviously. But the 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 first question is, I thought everybody's beach was their own personal beach. Yeah, one, one thing I read said that's true unless a lot of people die at the same time and then their beaches get entangled. Okay. So that's why when there was a void out, all those people were kind of on the same beach. That's why the... The war beach is the same because all those people kind of died at the same time, you know, in the same war anyway, if not the same moment, and their beaches all got entangled with each other. Gotcha. Okay. So, um, Hartman has the ability to explore other people's beaches. Now, his family is not beached. They're not BTs, so... Why wouldn't he just come to the conclusion that they have crossed over to the seam? Yeah, I, I don't know if all people who die retain some connection to their beach. I don't. I, I don't know on that front. Yeah. Not everything is explained in this game. Yeah. I know, I know that a lot of people have said that there is full explanations or most of it is explained. But they do go big with little, explanations, but yeah, there's a lot of little trailing gaps and. The problem is, is that a lot of those explanations are stuff that the, the player has already figured out on their own. Because, yeah. dude. The, the last few bits, I'm like, I know this, I know this, I know this, I know this. <laughs> I am still, this is 45 minutes, 
And I, I'm literally seeing everything that I've already seen just from a different point of view. Yeah. Anyway. So, um, yeah, Hartman, uh, is looking into the extinction events. So there has to be, because they have found evidence in ancient relics as well as geological stuff to suggest that there were, there was chiral matter existing well before the death stranding occurred, which means this isn't the first death stranding that has happened. So there has to be some sort of reason why this is happening. And he believes that there's probably another extinction event taking place in the near future. Meaning that the Death Stranding itself wasn't an extinction event. No. It was the beginning of one, which we will, we will find out. And, um, things lead up to the extinction event. Which is a thing that I have to keep telling myself in this game. The world isn't as depopulated as it looks, right? I mean, right. at that one point where it said that there were 60,000 people in, like, Port Knot City, Presumably there there are 60,000 people and they're all just underground because of the rain, right? I would assume so. Your guess is as good as mine. You know, it could have behooved Kojima just to be like, hey, throw it just like, a, you know, five or six people just, you know, moving boxes or something. Yeah, just one cutscene of them underground and hearing the rain or when, or when the... You know, like when the hurricane or the tornado comes through, just show show them just one time so that I am 100% sure that they're there. But yeah, uh, he, I don't think he likes to tip his hand any more than he has to. I guess not. So, uh, yeah, after talking with Hartman, there's a few, there, there's yet more connections we have to make. Uh, geologist, paleontologist, and there was one other one. Can't remember what her name was. Anyway, we don't need to waste time with all that because we've got a lot to talk about. <laughs> Needless to say, we have to connect some more people. After that, we make it to where we need to uh, cross over to California. Um, apparently, there was some kind of major void out that resulted in a chiral tar belt to appear. And we have to go across it. Yeah, another point in this game where I was like, oh, yeah, I, I probably should have thought of that. I did not think of that. I in fact, I, I I ran through the tar and then sank to my death. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so they're just not going to tell me how to do this. So guess what I had to do? I had to look it up. Yep. I spent some time headed down to the absolute closest point. Like the end of the little peninsula, mm -hmm. and then battled a couple of BTs, and then got my bike stuck in some muck, and then walked back, and then looked it up. <laughs> yeah. So you're supposed to purposely get captured by the BTs 
to then fight the big boss BT. And when that happens, um, you have goo and buildings, vehicles, all sorts of stuff start to emerge from the goo, which then allows you to traverse the tar belt. And is there an actual explanation for why? Did they say something about the tar being like some kind of nebulous area between times and maybe previously voided out buildings are now coming through the tar? I think so. It it was never better defined than that, though, right? It was just kind of like, yeah, these are, you know, these are just displaced buildings. Probably in an email. Or yeah. an interview or something like that. I, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I read all the emails. I, I didn't actually get all the way through all the interviews, which I probably should do. Yeah. There was there was a few things in there that led up to certain things. But I don't know. But as soon as you t- cross the tar belt, we're, that's, this is the beginning of the end. Yep. It seems like. But have you ever seen a movie called Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King? Yep. Do you know that movie's like four and a half hours long? Yep. And they have a and few endings. It, it ends like six <laughs> yeah. times. That's what this game does. Yeah. Even more literally in this game. Yeah. We see credits twice. And I'm just like, okay. And one of those times takes like... 45 minutes. Dude, we're going to get to that. (laughs) So we're now in California and I guess we have to run to Los Angeles. It looks like LA maybe. Yeah. uh, On the map. Yep. I'm not sure. Definitely a common place for a post-apocalypse to happen. Yeah. Uh, There's still a lot of of city here. Yep. Um, now we're starting to run into BTs that, that, that look like jellyfish that when they get close to you, they blow up. Is that what happens? Because I don't know. I saw them and I was like, oh wow, there's a lot of them. And then they started creeping towards me and I just ran and none of them ever actually did anything. So I was like, I don't, I don't really know what they do, but I imagine don't touch them is pretty obvious. Yeah. If they get close to you, they will eventually go and then blow up. Because there's some parts where they were like already on the ground or maybe they had been there from a previous jellyfish fall. And uh, I didn't run into them, but I, I imagine that would be bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, when you run into Edge Not City, um, it, uh, it, it there's definitely a lot of city here. It's... Uh, buildings, skyscrapers even, uh, still standing, but there's a lot of it that's like, uh, a jumbled up mess. Yeah, it's the only level, if you will, I think, where you're actually going through buildings, other than, I guess, maybe the last cliffhanger fight. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But, um, yeah, we, uh, and it's basically a straight shot almost. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go through here, and, uh, we uh have to tie the final the final knot uh and um yeah we've done it we've we've finished the chiral network from from sea to shining sea true american hero yeah 
And as we are leaving, um, we run into our dear old friend Higgs. And uh, Higgs uh, supposedly has captured Amelie. And uh, he is what looks seems like he is manipulating Amelie. He throws a mask, his mask on her and makes her writhe in pain. And he summons a gigantic BT. The one we saw That's from it. the very first time Sam died, right? You're right. You're right. With his tentacles the, in, the, in the tar and the water. And I was like, oh, yep, he's coming back. <laughs> yep. And um, he also mentions that uh, Amelie has been uh, lying to you this whole time. Uh, she is the extinction event. The sixth extinction event. So what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age, but that was an extinction event. <laughs> and now she's one as well. What the hell does that even mean? Nobody knows. Good question. But he, uh, he has this giant BT... That is humanoid. That's about as big as a building. None of these boss but, fights are uh, very hard, though. I mean, they give you no. unlimited rocket launchers immediately, almost. You know, yeah. I'm thinking back to Resident Evil, where you got to get through like half the fight before they give you a rocket launcher. Here, they're yeah. just throwing them that's left just, and right. That's just the ending of the fight, usually. Yeah. Here, I mean, you're but, just popping uh, them off. I mean, each one holds so many rockets anyway. What, it's like a dozen? Or eight at least. Yeah, you know what? That's what it is. Those little, those little uh, virtual people who come up out of the ground and throw rocket launchers at you. That's that's Brad Vickers. <laughs> He's constantly throwing rocket launchers at yep, you. Yeah, he. Uh, what he does in life, he does in death. Yep. That's what happens at the end of Resident Evil Two. Because if you remember in Resident Evil Two, Brad's dead. Spoiler <laughs> alert for Resident Evil Two. And when he died. He, he went. He went to the beach, and now he just throws rocket launchers at everybody. <laughs> He's really living it up. Throwing them left, right, and center. I, oh, no kidding! But yeah, the, no. The um... I don't even think it matters where you aim at this guy. Like, there's clearly, uh, there's clearly technically, where Higgs is, right? Yeah, technically, it does matter. I mean, you can shoot him in the foot; it just doesn't do as much damage. If you hit him where Higgs is, it does more damage. Yeah, but since you have unlimited rockets, who cares? This is true. Just aim at, the, aim at center mass and fire away. That's true. I don't know. I thought it was weird. Like, I, there aren't that many boss fights in this game. I thought they would be a bit more challenging. Yeah, this is... And I mean, I feel like Honestly, half the boss fights, you just a... run away from them. Yeah, I know. I, th this is the third BT I fought in this game. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of strange. I don't necessarily like it or dislike it. I'm just a little confused by it. I'll be honest with you. The, the, the BT fights, as grandiose as they were, and I put that in quotes, um, nothing compared to the last Unger fight to me. Mm. The last Unger fight was like, I, I, I died probably five times to the last Unger fight. Oh, wow. Yeah, but um, I wonder if that's where they try and ramp up the difficulty on higher difficulty settings. Yeah. I don't. Maybe I don't on normal, normal, it's just not a challenge. But but um, yeah, um, shoot, shoot it a bunch of times, and uh, gosh, 
after that. Um, Pick up like 3,000 Kyrillium. Yeah, there's a lot of Kyrillium there. And um, we have to... Um, crap, I'm completely lost now. I think that's when you get the big statement of you need to go all the way back. Right? Yeah. Basically, they said, hey, I know you're all the way over there, but, you know, we need you. We've come together, so come all the way back to, what, Sinternot City? Yeah, you got to come all the way back to... to, uh, Central. Central Knot City? Maybe Central Knot? I can't remember. Or New Knot City? I don't know. Virginia. D.C. Come back to (laughs) D.C. Um, but yeah, uh, we get halfway and that's when the next big thing happens. Yeah. Because, uh, we, once we make it back to Port Knot City, that's when we get sucked up into Unger's next, uh, wonderful war world. Yeah. This is definitely the most open you actually have to do a little bit of traversal on this yeah yeah um but like i said i died probably like five times here i thought this was difficult mm. i think i died once in this one but i definitely was chased a little bit where i i felt like i had to maneuver myself into proper cover whereas in the other two fights there's basically just cover everywhere yeah, this is a way more open fight. I did like the progression of the three. Like, the first one's almost all linear. It's hard for them. They, like, they can never really circle around you in the first fight. Yeah. In the second fight, you know where they're coming from. I guess they could circle around you, but it was unlikely. And this was just more of like an arena where they almost intentionally circle around you. Yeah. This felt like the most metal gear you can get in Death Stranding. Yeah. I could sneak around guys. I could choke them out using the strand. And oh, in the hunger fight. Yeah. Oh, nice! I never did that. Hit, I just hit his his summon dudes. You could sneak in the tall grass and come up behind them with us with the the rope, and then you actually sever their head. You pull so hard they sever their head, and they're dead, like gone. Oh, cool. Yeah, this I I just basically found my cover, made sure I had at least three assault rifles, and then just opened up. But yeah, but, made it um, a little more fun to to challenge those. I actually hogtied uh, Unger a couple of times. <laughs> I snuck up behind him and 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 tied him up, and then stomped on his head. And I said, "That's not doing enough damage." So when I died, I tied him up and then pulled out a machine gun and shot him while he was laying on the ground. Oh, that should do it. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, after beating Unger for the third time, um, we have another scene with him. And um, we finally just ask him, hey, are you Clifford Unger? And he's basically like, yeah, I am. He said, I want my baby back. And Sam actually hands him the baby and Clifford looks at the baby and then looks at Sam and then comes in for a hug. 
And as the camera pans around, he's no long, you see Unger from the other side of Sam and he's, he's no longer in his uniform, like his military uniform. He's wearing what looks like a suit. And then, whoop, we're, we're sent back to the real world. And by real world, I mean, we're sent back to the beach. Yeah, hard to really tell what's the real world. And, uh, is this where we run into Amelie? Uh, or do, or no, we run into Amelie first and then the younger fight, right? We get sent to Amelie's beach, but I don't know how we got there. I thought we fought Higgs before we got to Amelie's beach. How did we track down Higgs? See, I can't remember how we got there. Because after we, after we beat the giant BT, we then have to go back through Los Angeles... Then we do the Higgs fight, but I can't remember how we ran back into Higgs. Because after the Higgs fight, we then end up on the other side of the, of the, uh, the tar tar belt. belt. Yeah. Yeah. So we need to talk about that. Yeah. Which was another kind of interesting fight. I mean, you were using your strand on Unger's men. I never did, but then you're forced to use it. When you fight Higgs, yeah, which is I, you you get some good backstory at the end of this game on Unger, right? Like he's not the the bad guy. I mean, he looks pure evil coming out of the coming out of the tar, living in a spider web with dead babies, which actually weirdly is explained. But I don't even even when you have this one on one like super personal fight with Higgs, you don't really learn all that much about him. I, I feel like he's a little bit of a weak point. There is something. Um, you get a little bit more backstory into Higgs if uh, if you do the pizza deliveries. Uh, well, I only did the first one. There's three. The third one leads you to a abandoned, um, like cabin in the mountains. That was apparently Higgs's place. Oh, does everybody just have an abandoned cabin in the mountains? Apparently. But uh and and you get some backstory on Higgs. Um that was his that was his home essentially. And Higgs was essentially the first porter that ever existed. Yeah. Well, I mean you, you do get his his corruption a bit later, so yeah, I mean, any, anything more that they give you, I guess, is something. I just don't feel like I ever got the, the, the connection to him that you get to, like, Unger. Right. I mean, you do a lot with Unger's story at the end. Yeah, but, I mean, it makes sense because of who Unger is. Yeah, pretty central. But, um, yeah, Higgs, um, the Higgs fight, we get we get transported to Amelie's Beach. He's got Amelie strung up in a spider web. 
hanging in the spider webs. No, don't, don't, <laughs> don't go to no doubt. I hate no doubt. Anyway. Um, but yeah, um, another one of those little boss fight arenas, but the, the problem with the Higgs fight was just, it was just tedious. Yeah. Especially, I don't know. It was, it was tedious. They gave you a little bit of life, which was nice. Some crypto. Yeah, crypto bites restore your health really fast. Yeah, especially when the blood packs take too long. Yeah. But, I mean, with those there, I didn't think it was that hard of a fight. I mean, it might have been otherwise the first couple of times. I don't know why I wasn't capturing him with the strand. But, you know, after you know, after a try or two, it got the hang of it. It wasn't wasn't too bad. Right. So, um, yeah, we got to chase him around and uh, punch him or hog tie him and stomp his head in a little bit. And then he goes, he blinks away and then we have to do it again. And it took, it, I feel like it just took way too long. Yeah. Um, but then after that, we go into the water and we get into what it looks like Metal Gear Solid 4. Yep. Mano a mano. Um, mano a mano. CQC. <laughs> and, uh, we have to mash on the button to beat the tar out of him. Literally. <laughs> 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 and, uh, I, I was like, this is just kind of ridiculous. Yeah. It, it didn't have the same emotion. Yeah, again, it didn't because that, I didn't feel any, like, I didn't feel bad attacking Higgs. I didn't feel like, oh, I understand him. Like, from his perspective, it makes sense. I didn't really get any of that with Higgs. Up until this point, we have only seen Higgs for maybe an hour of this 40-hour game. Right? Yeah, he's usually just there to spout off some nonsense and then blink out of existence. Exactly. And that that's the biggest thing for me, is that when, when, when you try to convey emotion into this final battle with with a with one of the big bad guys of the game, the the issue I see is that they're obviously trying to compare this to Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid four had this exact same type of fight, right? Yep. Life bars at the top, Make it personal. man to man. Yeah. Yeah. You cared about that fight in Metal Gear Solid 4 because you had three games with this character who has been the villain the entire game. Higgs, we've seen a handful of times in a long game. Yeah. And you're just like, I just beat the crap out of him. Who cares? You know? Yep. I don't know. Uh, to me, this was weirdly like it, when I was playing it, I was fine with it. But then, like as soon as I finished the game and I was thinking about it, I'm like, this was one of the points where I was just like, I don't, under I don't really understand. Like, was that meant to be a a huge fight? Clearly, it was meant to be. Yeah. But it just didn't have that emotion to it. I don't know. The the other bad thing is is that Metal Gear Solid Four, that right there was the final thing you did in that game. Yeah, it all builds up to that. Yeah. When you beat up Higgs, you still got another three hours to go. Yeah. You still got to go clear across the country again. And I think at this point you haven't fought Unger. And since that's a no. much bigger emotional 
payoff, you learning big secrets in the game, like it means something. Like that that fight and you know and what happens in that last chapter with Unger means something. This fight doesn't mean anything. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So yeah, beat up Higgs, and we release Amelie, and Fragile shows up. And um, she's like, hey, I found you. Great. Also, I got Higgs tied up. He's all yours. <laughs> Great. She pulls out her gun. And Yep, pulls out a gun and uh, goes to talk to Higgs. And um, Amelie tries talking to us, telling us uh, how... Uh, it's almost like she's getting ready to come clean, but not yet. Kind yeah, of thing. she says something like, there's things I have to tell you, or I've lied to you. Yeah. Uh, Higgs wasn't wrong, basically. Yeah. I am an extinction event. And he's like, what the hell does that mean? And the, the cringiest line <laughs> in this entire game is, well, it's, it's multiple lines. The first line is, so I'm Mario and you're Princess Peach. Oh, yeah. And then she said, no, I'm Princess Beach. And I said, I, I don't want to play this game anymore. I don't care how it ends. <laughs> You've just ruined it for me. Yeah. And then they run along the beach and they have like a little touching smile at each other while laughing and giggling around the beach. And I'm like, what is this? What is this? <laughs> so, yeah. Needless to say, we do hear gunsh... We hear... What sounds like a gun, like machine gun, like that. So we're thinking, oh, okay, well, Fragile killed him. Uh, Fragile zips out of there and Omelie says, I'll take you back. Okay, cool. And we make it to a cliff area, like a rocky area. And she's like, here, wait here. And uh, Sam's like, I'm not waiting here. She goes over the cliff or over the rocks and... Uh, Sam climbs over and he sees what I was like, what the hell is going on in this game? <laughs> so, um, on the other side of the rocks on the beach, there is, oh man, die hard man is there with the president, the now dead president, president strand is there and he's got a gun on her. And he's like, I'm, I'm gonna freaking kill you. <laughs> and then out of the water on the beach comes Unger. Yep. And when Die Hard Man sees Unger, he starts to freak out. Oh God. Oh no. Oh man. Oh God. Oh man. Oh God. Oh man. Um, because he recognizes Unger, which we all knew that they knew each other. Yeah. This, this, this now begins the, we, we, we get this. We know what happened. Um, and of course, Sam. Okay. We had a little bit of a mishap there. <laughs> Laugh if you want to, that's okay. But audacity saved my mishap. So I'm not, um, I'm not screwed anymore. So, <laughs> But yeah, uh, last I said is like, so begins the part of, we already know this. 
we know we know that Die Hard Men knew um, Cliff previously. We've seen this before. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we get the whole scene of Dead Man like figuring all this out, where he's like, "We don't, we didn't understand. You know, they they didn't have a way to the beach, but it wasn't actually." It wasn't actually Amelie that he was connected with. It was Cliff. Yeah. So I, I, I did like the whole reveal, like in the in the safe room with um, Dead Man. Dead Man basically says to him, "Hey, look, there was a recording left by Die Hard Man before he disappeared, which we now know where he went. He went to Amelie's beach." Um, and I did like that recording cause he, he did bring up some good questions that me and you brought up, which was, has anybody ever physically seen Amelie? Yeah. And he's like, I don't think she actually exists. And I was like, okay, all right, we're getting, we're getting here. We're getting somewhere. And I liked, I liked that whole scene. If we had more of that kind of thing. Because beating you over the head with information you already know I, for 45 minutes. And I was just like, man, come on. Yeah. Like, I get it. So, um, yeah. We're back in the real world. We don't know where Die Hard Man is. Nobody knows. Last time we saw him, he was on the beach. Could still be there. We don't know. Uh, but we have to continue our trek to New Knot City. I, don't, I can't, I don't know what, go back to DC. Yeah. And this is where we do the very long traversal, which luckily there was a bunch of new roads made for me. Uh-huh. Uh, which made some of this a lot easier. And then when you finally get to Lake Knot City, that's where you have the third fight with Cliff. Yeah, you get pulled into the uh, supercell and then have the fight with Cliff. And then you make it back to Capital Not City. Yes, Capital Not City. There you go. You finally got it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad somebody knew. But, uh, yeah, so we, uh, we go to Capital Not City. Um, before we make it to Capital Not City, I got attacked by BTs twice. And I'm not talking like little BTs trying to grab you. I got attacked by the lion BTs again. Or the tiger BTs. Like, I don't know. Like giant yeah. cats. Yeah. And I remember Sam deliberately saying, Higgs is dead. Why are these things still showing up? And I was like, that's a good question. But before, and I, I was able to escape those, but the last one, you can't escape. In fact, they just have a big, like, it's not even an invisible wall. It's like a, a misty wall that you can't get past. Yeah. You have to have to beat this BT. It is a giant whale that is floating in the air and then going underground and, yeah, kind of, kind of cool as far as these boss fights went. I mean, it's not just a whale; it's like some kind of evil dinosaur whale. Yeah, like spikes on it, its back and a tremor-like mouth. Yeah, 
<laughs> you know what? That's right. I was wondering. I was like, "What is that?" Like, I was thinking like the Demogorgon or something. Yeah, but no, it's 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 legit a tremor. Yeah, we need Kevin Bacon here with Norman Reedus. <laughs> no kidding, man. Wouldn't that be great? I want to go. Oh, you know, what? that's what I want. I want a Tremors game. Why have they not made a Tremors game? Yeah, first would that not be awesome? Yeah, it would be fun. That'd be awesome. What was the gun nut guy? Oh, uh, shit. What was his name? Reba McIntyre was his wife. <laughs> he, yeah. He's like the lone survivor, too. He's in, like, most of the He's sequels. in all of yeah. them. Yeah. He's in all of them. Barney or something like that? Was it Barney? I can't remember. But anyway, yeah, you could play as the gun nut guy. And you have to, you know, jump house to house. The floor is lava. <laughs> and, and, and shoot tremors. That would be an awesome video game. It could be like a Left 4 Dead kind of thing. Yep. Screw Back for Blood, man. You could have the last blasters there, too. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Anyway. But again, this, this could have been a hard or tense fight, but they just give you unlimited rockets again. Yeah. It, all, all the BT fights turn into, here's a giant thing, shoot it until it dies. And maybe scooch out of the way whenever it gets close to you. Yeah, that, that's another weird thing with these fights is that they don't – they're not really aggressive. Pose. It's just kind of floating around there waiting to be shot. Yeah. They don't pose any kind of real threat. I don't know. I mean, I guess the lion ones at least come at you. Yeah, but, I mean, it's easy to get out of the way. Yeah, I mean, as long as you're moving, they're not going to they're not gonna kill you. I think I might have been knocked over once by them, but I don't think one ever killed me. No. I never got killed by a BT. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize they were still making Tremors movies in 2018 and 2020. They made a movie in 2020? Yeah. Is that like the eighth one? Yeah, it's called Tremors Shrieker Island. Shrieker Island. Oh, now Tremors are on an island. Also known as Tremors 7. Okay, seven. And formerly Trevor uh, Tremors Island Fury. Wow. <laughs> Those, I'm sure, are sci-fi original movies. Yeah, direct-to-video monster film. <laughs> yeah, I kind of figured. Uh, I don't think I've seen any past the third one, maybe the fourth. I don't think I've ever seen the fourth one. The third one was the one with the the ones that shot shit out of their ass. Yeah. Bert Gummer, I think, is the name of the Bert. military guy. Bert. Back to Perfection is the name of the third one. There you go. 80% Rotten Tomato score, though. Huh? Not bad. On the third one? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Shocking. I, yeah, I know. Uh, but, um... Yeah, so after beating the whale, which was relatively easy. So, also, fun fact, I didn't realize... The rocket launcher, if you hold it down, it shoots multiple rockets at the same time. Uh, I didn't notice that either. I did, I, I just, pew, 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 you know, just shoot fast enough. Yeah. Yeah, there's not really a lot of reload time. Like, it doesn't have a lot of oomph to it as far as rocket launchers go. Yeah. I did like the lead into that fight, though, because there, you get those little tremors, that, <laughs> if you will, the earthquakes that are happening as you're on your way there. Sure. Like, when you're right outside the, the city, you're like, all right, this is, this is the, the last little bit, and then I'm in the city, and all of a sudden, you don't make it. Yep. 
so uh yeah uh, after beating the bt move on into uh capital not well i guess we should explain the reason why we can't just fast travel is because fragile uh used up all of her her jump juice and is now kind of being hospitalized because she's very weak at the moment and we're having to bring her crypto bites I, I um, like that as a as a side name for them because it's like crypto biotes, but you're eating them, so crypto bites. Oh yeah, I still find those freaking things weird. Also, they didn't explain those things. Yeah, what the hell is a crypto bite? Uh, is that another thing where they just said it was discovered right after the Death Stranding, and that that's it? Yeah, but I mean, what? That's like Carillium. Car- like nobody really knows what it is, but well, we found it after the death training, so it's related. Yeah. So, so we we so after this major mass event that killed a lot of people, these little floating fleshy caterpillars that that float in the air, we decided to pick them up and said, you know what, let's eat them. Yeah. What? And and it does what to your blood? I don't know. I mean, the the thing it's competing with is a literal blood bag. So either these things are blood-filled grubs that you're actually eating blood, or it does something to thicken your blood. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it's doing to protect you from blood loss. But it, it refills your blood, which is, again, a little weird because you're using your blood in the bullets and in the grenades. Yeah. So I don't know what it's doing. That's a good question, and I could not answer it. So, um, yeah, we, uh, deliver the crypto bites and, um, that's, um, that's when, uh, fragile, we, 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 God, what the hell? Yeah. She just jumps you to, to the beach, to, the beach, yeah. to Amelie's beach, to Amelie's beach using the, uh, dream catcher. And uh, when we make it there, you start to get the long explanations. Yeah, yeah. So, who man? And this is where you have the weird decision, not a decision thing. Yeah, uh, another thing I had to look up. Uh, I I didn't. I was very clear with what I had to do. I picked my choice. I with strong conviction said about it and nothing happened that I thought it was going to. <laughs> you did, you, you even did the ocelot flourish before you, <laughs> before you shot her in the yep. back. I'm like, this has to happen. I'm sorry. I was not sorry. For the good of humanity. For the longest time. And, and I still think Amelie is a villain, but, um, yeah, you could call her a villain. I, in, you know, that's, more for end thoughts. I I did like the dilemma that she wrestled with. Sure. And I did like all everything with Unger. But again, it, it kind of singles out Higgs for me as the outlier. There's not really anything interesting there to me. Yeah. So Amelie basically tells Sam, I am the extinction event. 
Yeah. So did they did they ever really explain? Because she says I'm the extinction entity and I caused the extinction event, but they they never really said how. Right? It's not like she's she seems to have control over it, over whether she triggers it or not. I believe. Well, from what she from what I remember her saying, she said that this extinction event is going to happen. Yep. And. Might as well I get it chose. Over with. <laughs> I chose to go ahead and and instead of a slow extinction, make it happen immediately. And she's making it happen immediately. What I would love to know then is for the last five extinction events, did the extinction entity have that type of control or power? I mean, clearly they had the ability to trigger an extinction event, but did they have the choice? Did they have the autonomy to decide whether that happened or not? I don't know. I'm not entirely sure. And I'd love to know what those other five entities were. I mean, they, they mentioned one of them was a dinosaur, right? At one point? Like, I guess. Because they mentioned seeing some some bones. I don't know if it was the paleontologist or, or whoever found some bones... I think with some tar around it and they said, all right, well, this must've been either a part of the event or the entity itself. And they found it with an umbilical cord. Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, I just don't know, like she seems to, to have the fate of the world in her fingertips and, and is trying to make this decision. But is she the first of the extinction entities that had that dilemma or not? I don't know. I don't know. It'd be interesting to, have cut back through the other five or something and said, here's how they all went down. Mm-hmm. I, just, I don't even know. But, um, yeah, she is, she's already made up her mind saying that, Hey, I'm going to let this happen faster. Like right now. I think this is also one time where I died because I think at one point here, you like when you wake up on this beach, this is the beach that's like red, right? With all the whales. Yeah. And they're basically like, go to Amelie is the, is, is the directive. And all I remember are people coming out of the water with those strands or cords or umbilical cords or whatever. So I just immediately trekked out into the water. And it's a very shallow. Like, it takes a long time to get to where it's up to his knees and then his waist and then his chest. So I'm like, all right, she's going to pop up soon here. And then I just went out and then he drowned. And it was a do-over. Well, I didn't see any of that. So I was like, well, that's not it. And then I just ran around for a while and then, and then it triggered the cutscene where she just shows up. Yeah. But you're definitely not supposed to find her in the water because that's not where she is. Yeah. So she says, you have a choice. You can kill me <laughs> with this gun or you can let me End it all. And you can watch with me. Yep. Watch the world burn. So, we uh, we have the revolver that Die Hard Man had that was he was going to use to kill the president with. And, um, yeah. We have the option. Shoot her or let her go out. If you let her go out, the world ends. And you get a game over. 
if you try shooting her, the bullets just phase through her. And I'm like, okay. Um, do I need a hog tire or something? <laughs> <laughs> so that's, I looked it up. I had to look it up. They was like, oh yeah, you have to put your gun away. And then run up to her and hug her. Yeah, I, I didn't actively put my gun away. I just, I shot all six shots, nothing happened. And then I ran up, I'm like, alright, well I'm gonna finish her off one way or the other. Drowned her or strand her or whatever I need to do to her. But then as soon as I grabbed her, it triggered something, which felt like the end of the world. So I'm like, I, I was clear that's not what I wanted. Why did this game force me to have the world end? And then I was like, I, I guess I'm not actually sure now if the world has ended. So it was, it was so, very confusing. I thought I had a choice. Yeah. It turns out I didn't have a choice, and I didn't know what choice the game was forcing me to make. So the third option is to choose to convince her not to do that. And you do that by showing your love for her. Which I think is what I did. You hugged her, right? Yeah, I'm, I was trying to drown her, but yeah, let's call it a hug. <laughs> okay. Wait, you pushed her into the water? No, I, but like when I ran out of bullets, I ran up to her like, all right, well, something's going to happen now. I, If the bullets aren't going to do it, maybe my strand will do it, and I'll strangle her to death or drown her or something. So that that was my mindset when I was chasing her into the water. And then all of a sudden he hugs her. I'm like, no, I'm not trying to help her out. I'm trying to kill her. So I'm like, what's <laughs> happening here? Okay. Everything I want to do is not working. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> so, yeah, um, he hugs her. And she's like, okay. I won't end it. But it's still happening? Yeah, basically she says it's still going to end, and whether it takes 10,000 years or 100,000 years, I, I guess I'll let it happen naturally. Yeah. But she said, here's the problem. You're stuck on this beach with me. There's no way out. But she does say, hang on to that gun. Because that gun, while it doesn't work here, still has a purpose. Yeah. And I was like, what? And so Sam turns black and white, <laughs> blue, yeah, gray. And the beaches have always been a little weird like this. I feel like the beaches have always kind of been black and white or yeah. partially black and white or just desaturated. And so uh, Sam, uh, he's like, I, I got nothing else to do. I'm stuck on this beach forever. So he pulls out the gun, puts it to his head, pulls the trigger multiple times, persona. never goes, never goes off. Yeah, persona, bam. And that cuts to the, it cuts to the title screen, which is kind of, kind of dramatic. I'm like, oh, game's over. Put the gun to your head, pull the trigger, Death Stranding, director's cut. Yeah. And then we're back on the beach. <laughs> Psych. And then we, we aimlessly walk. Or run. And I ran. Sam ran out of breath. He sat down. He got back up. He ran some more. Sat back down. Got up again. And this happened over and over and over again. While the credits were playing. Why? Yeah. Why indeed? 
There's a vine. I'm, I'm aging myself. There's a vine of a of a preacher, preacher who who was who was it's the same preacher who talked about how uh, Pokemon was evil because it taught evolution. But there is a vine of him going, why, 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 why? And that's what I was saying the whole time I was doing this. And this is not short. I did this for 20 minutes. Yep. I ran around this beach, passed out, got back up, ran around again. And this is separate from the section where you do that and every time you pass out, Amelie comes back. Yeah. So that this is after that. The, the one where the credits are rolling is after that. I didn't bring it up, but this is this actually explains Amelie and what she is and who she is. Yeah. So essentially what Amelie is, Amelie and President Strand are the same person. Same entity. Yeah. So when 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 Strand was born, she was born in a coma or she 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 was never fully there. What ended up happening was when she was born, her soul was on her beach. Yeah, and they start to talk about her ka, right? Her ka was on the beach and her ha was in the real world. I thought it was the opposite. Yeah, maybe I thought the, the other ka is the body. Yeah. Yeah. The the ka is the body. The ha is on the beach. And um because she was separated from her body, she was basically brain dead until she was like in her twenties or something like that. She was like in her mid twenties. And then she came back to life, like her her body started to develop and come back to life, but it was basically a soulless body. But they were still connected. Her soul and her body were both the same, but they were separated from each other. And because of this, she became the EE, as they call it. Uh, is that why? Or is I that a result of her already being the EE? Possibly. I'm not entirely sure. They didn't actually explain that part. So what what I can gather is her body came to life and grew old lived lived as president strand and she devised this plan to connect all of the cities of the United States so that way she could easily kickstart the extinction. She's had this in her head the whole time. Yep. She needed the chiral network in order to connect everybody so they can instantly be disconnected, essentially. <laughs> Which is another little bit of an interesting... They, they didn't play up as much as I thought they would any potential negative ramifications for connecting the network. I want to know how she's planning on extincting everybody. Yeah, because, I mean, they, they never even hinted at, like, hey, think about all the computers connected to a network. Like, you could transmit a virus to all the computers in the same way that you could trigger people through the chiral network because they're all connected to it. 
Like, they, I, I'm surprised they didn't play up the potential negative impacts more so that while you're bringing these new knots online, maybe the further and further you go, the worse and worse you feel about it and, you know, and, and make it a, like, moral dilemma. Like, should I even be doing this? Like, Sam doesn't really want to, but they never really give you strong reasons why it might be a problem to connect all the cities together. Right. I don't know. I mean, I guess they didn't have to do it, but it would have been interesting to, you know, to have made it seem worse and worse as like, you're like, well, I'm almost done. I might as well finish it off or, or see what's happening. But, you know, I don't know. Yeah. So after all that, then Sam realizes, oh, I'm stuck on this beach. Tries to kill himself. Doesn't work. Now we aimlessly roam the beach. The reason why it felt like it took forever is because it actually took about a month <laughs> in the real world to find him. So what ends up happening is we run back into Amelie and she says that you still got friends on the outside. She points up to the sky and there are five what look like BTs from the very beginning of the game. We saw on the beach there were these five ominous figures looking over us which I'm, I'm i'm guessing represents the five people that we're connected to yeah just kind of seeing them from the other side you're right and while this is going on uh out of the water dead man grabs a hold of of sam and pulls him under the water and gotcha pulls him <laughs> down I like that you can kind of hear their voices and they're like trying to reach him, trying to connect to him. Yeah. Before they actually get to him. So I'm assuming the five people are Dead Man, Hartman, Lochna, Fragile, and Die Hard Man? Yeah, or maybe they count Mama as a separate entity, even though it's one body, I don't know. Because yeah. Die Hardman's not know. really part of the crew. Well, Die Hardman is connected, though. Yeah, he is connected. And the reason why they were able to find us was because of that handgun. Because Die Hardman had that handgun. And that handgun is also connected to a few other things. Which we find out in a another long cutscene. <laughs> Which happens very soon. Um, basically, um, we see through. I don't. What even triggers this? We're we're pulled. We're pulled back to. Watching BB. Yeah. Can you remember how we, we started this cutscene? Like how it happened? Was it just a dream? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of kind of awkward cuts here. So I, yeah. I, would, I would guess that. So basically we're watching all the cutscenes that we saw when we jacked into BB but now from a different angle. More of a it's third a younger, person. Yeah, from a third person. Unger comes into the hospital room. 
his wife's laying on the table in the, you know, in the pot or whatever. BB's next to it. He's talking to BB, singing to it, stuff like that. And a young, uh, diehard man walks in, John, and is like, okay, you need to get out of here. They're getting ready to move your BB to another station. There is nothing we can do for your wife. And so he gives him a handgun. The same handgun that Sam has. And Unger uses the handgun to kill his wife. And is going to take BB and escape with it. Yeah, because John says, not only can I not help your wife, but they, yeah, they're, they're taking your BB. You're never going to see him again. Yeah. So... Oh boy. Which is immediately uh, where Unger becomes the sympathetic character rather than the, you know, black ooze spiderweb terror that he's been so far in the game. Right. So, um. Other than that, it was kind of cool that even throughout the game, there was that juxtaposition where when you see him, he's a clear bad guy, he's an antagonist, and he's scary. But then you're also at the same time seeing him through BB's cutscenes. And he's a loving father. And you don't necessarily know how to reconcile those two different aspects of it. And then this is, you know, this at the end of the game is finally where you see essentially the, the, the transition between the two, or at least, you know, the, the behind the scenes. So, you know, I kind of like how that was handled structurally throughout the game. Right. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, yeah, Cliff tries to escape with BB. He gets caught. Shot, wounded. Um, he then is now trapped uh, back in the the hospital room. The whole time, dead man or not dead man, die hard man. It's fucking these names. <laughs> die hard man is trying to uh, stop everybody from from attacking Cliff. And the reason why is because uh, die hard man served under Cliff um, in the military. And uh, that's how he got his nickname. Uh, Cliff kept saving him. <laughs> Cliff kept saving him. So he is the diehard man. But uh, Cliff uh, is uh, cradling BB. And um, military guys come in. Bridges security comes in. They got him surrounded. And uh, he's lying there on the floor. And uh, Bridget Strand comes in and uh, orders Die Hard Man to shoot and kill him. He's like, I can't do this. I can't do it. And uh, as this is going on, uh, Unger shows kind of reveals that he has taken the BB out of the pod and is holding it in his arms. Bridget then reaches around and pulls the trigger herself and shoots Unger twice or three times, I can't remember. Yeah, no remorse. And he falls over dead, drops the BB. The BB, uh uh-oh, is also shot. 
and Bridget loses it. Oh my God, what are we going to do? The baby's been shot. That's a, That was our bridge. My plans are ruined. So then we cut back to the beach. And Bridget's there. Not Bridget, excuse me. Amelie's there. Same person who gives a shit. <laughs> Bridget's soul is there. She finds the BB. The BB is laying there on the beach because, well, the BB died. Now it's on the beach, getting ready to go to the scene. Bridget takes it and resurrects it. Puts the scar on its stomach, heals the wound. Baby comes back to life. She sends the baby back to the real world. During this scene, we see through the eyes of Sam what he is seeing. Unger stands up and is like, now you understand. I've been looking for my baby this whole time. And it's right in front of me. <laughs> and it's Sam. And he hugs Sam, and it's the same same way he was hugged in the Vietnam flashback. Yep. So the big reveal is Sam is the BB. Yep. Oh. I'm not gonna say I, I'm not gonna say I called it. <laughs> I fucking called it. But not in the same sense. Yeah, it's funny right? because the BB that Sam has isn't Sam himself, which would be Correct. some kind of weird conundrum. Sam Paradox. was the first. Sam was the first BB. Yeah. So because of that, because he was resurrected, that was the beginning of, I guess, dooms. That was also the beginning of the repatriates. But I think he's the only repatriate. Yeah, I was going to say, that wouldn't explain anyone else's dooms ability, though, would it? I don't know if it would explain anybody else's dooms, but it definitely explains because we all thought Die Hardman was a repatriate when he it's revealed he's not. Yeah. Sam is the only repatriate, all because Bridget resurrected him on the beach and sent him back. Basically, he is the opposite of Bridget Strand. Bridget Strand was a body without a soul. Sam is a soul without a body. Yeah. So, yeah. Sam is then sent back to the real world, the living world, where Bridget collects him and says, I'm going to raise him as my own. And that is where we get the the big reveal. Sam is actually the BB from that long ago. My only question is, how the hell old is 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 Die Hard Man? Yeah, Die Hard Die Hard Man looked like he was in his freaking thirties. When Sam was born, Sam looks. Sam's got to be in his probably forties. Yeah. So that would make Die Hard Man seventy to eighty years old. Yeah, looks I mean, pretty good for his I age. I think Die Hardman when he was John could have been much younger. 
but he served in multiple wars with Unger. Well, yeah, that, that's what I mean. How many years has it been since the war? Yeah, at, at like fifteen years old, because he had to been really young. Yeah. Some of this timeline doesn't make sense, and that, and that's a thing that was never really explained. I mean, other than hand waving, yeah, time passes differently on the beach. It's not really explained even how his traversal across the U.S. happened so quickly, was it? I mean, I think that's just a video game. Yeah. But the problem the problem I see is is that, all right, so Amelie doesn't age. Yeah. Because because she is a she is a soul. Is it because she is a soul or is it because she's always on the beach? Uh, I guess she's the only soul to ever be on the beach, right? Permanently. Well, so for, I, I, well, yeah, I guess. But my, my thing is, is like you don't age when you're on the beach. I think is that what the thing is? Because if you remember, Fragile comes out and says, "Hey, I actually didn't kill Higgs." Yeah, I gave him the choice. I, get, I gave him the choice of either living forever on this beach. Or dying and moving on to the seam. Yeah, I, I wonder if even if you do age, it's almost infinitesimally small, right? Like when Sam is at at the war beach, it's only seconds, whereas it's been. Oh no, I guess that's the opposite. No, that's that's right. It's only yeah. seconds of real time have passed, even though it feels like it's been hours or days. Right. So even if time is so, passing there, it might be you know millennia before he would age. All right. So it, it must be the beach thing. Because I was thinking if it's because she's just a soul, Sam's just a soul, I guess. And he was, he's aging. Yeah. So, okay. Maybe that makes sense. But still, it doesn't explain how Die Hardman is not a decrepit old man. Yeah. Although I do have to say, the out of all of the characters in this game, Die Hard Man, when he takes off his mask... That is probably the most impressive facial animation stuff I've ever seen. Yep. I, I was actually going to say exactly that. There were some points where I was watching it where I was like, wow, if you took this screenshot, it is the most impressive face I think I've ever seen in a video game. Yeah. That dude can act. Whoever that dude is, I've never seen him anything else. But whoever that guy is, that dude can act. Yeah. Um, Because he, he even, like, went, went so he's, he's then put as the president the acting president yeah and i even like this turn for him too right like we're talking about like oh he's wearing this mask he must be a bad guy he seems seems like he's got ulterior motives and then he didn't really he just you know he, he just had cliff unger as his seeming savior and he was going to do anything to help him to you know to pay off his life debt basically and you know, for him to have taken on the presidency, I don't know. It feels like, in some ways, justified. Like he he has been trying to do the right thing all these years. The question is, in the in the 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 flashbacks to Bridget Strand younger, when she kills the BB on accident, why the fuck is she wearing a mask? Yep. I don't get it. Like she's physically wearing the same mask that Die Hard Man wears, but why? You're the, you're the president of the United States. Everybody knows who you are. Yep. Good question. I don't know. 
Anyway. So that's the, the big reveal. Um, uh, Die Hard Man is now president of the United States. He gives a big speech. Basically saying we gotta, we gotta stick together. We're gonna grow stronger. Thanks to the Chiral Network. Everything's a-okay. And America will move on and continue. And he wants to thank Sam, even though he's not going to mention any names. <laughs> you all know who he is. The unsung hero. Yeah. So um, Sam's like, ah, I'm out of here. He's leaving. He gets stopped. He gets stopped by a dead man. And dead man's like, hey. Uh, glad to see you're, uh, you're back. And he touches Sam and Sam's just okay with it. All right, whatever. And then, uh, well, the president shows up, and uh, Die Hard Man stops to talk to him and tell him that he doesn't deserve any of this. He's done wrong, and he wants to atone for it. And of course, Sam's like, "Whatever, I man, I don't care." <laughs> so. Uh, we return back to what looks, I guess, the distro center area. And unfortunately, uh, Dead Man has some bad news for us. Apparently, Lou, Sam's BB, has died. Well, crap. He tells Sam, you need to take it to the incinerator because if it, it's going to go necro and blow up. So that is our last delivery. Our last delivery is delivering Lou to the incinerator. Before we leave, though, Sam tells us, or not Sam, uh, Dead Man tells us, just FYI, if you take off your cufflinks, nobody will know where you are. Also, if you take the baby out of the pod. And don't kill it. Yeah, and don't kill it. Who knows what might happen? But that's a direct <laughs> violation of the UCA mandate. Yeah. You really don't need to do that, but if you took off those cufflinks, nobody knew that you did it. Hint, hint, nudge, <laughs> nudge. So we make our trek up to the incinerator, and uh Sam takes off his cufflink, and he puts the BB in the incinerator, and before it closes up, he grabs the baby. He opens up the pod, and he is desperately trying to attempt to get this baby resurrected. Yeah. He's he's performing a little CPR on it, everything. And uh, I can't figure out what's going on in this scene because it looks like there's a, um, a chiral umbilical cord coming out of it. Yeah. I don't know if that's the soul going back into it or what. But... Uh, Lou comes back to life. Yay. Finally. After and, he spent uh, he a lot of time rubbing it and smacking it. and That was very long, yeah. right? <laughs> that was a long that time. Was, like, that, all was, right. that was overly long. <laughs> and so uh, BB's back alive. Lou's back alive. And uh, he takes it, cradles it in his arms, and he walks outside in the rain 
and the rain is falling on him and Lou and nothing's happening to him. And then it cuts and that's the end of the game. Yep. So presumably they're off on their own duo adventure. I like, yep. He does, he says Lou and he's like, Luis? Yeah, Louise. Louise. So, um, uh, that's at the end after the credits, halfway through the credits. Uh, you see his hand and Lou's hand and he calls it Louise. So, the BB was actually a girl. Could he not see that? I would have thought the way the baby is spinning around in that container that he would have noticed at some point. Yeah. He spent a lot of time with BB. You didn't have a twig and a couple berries there? No, <laughs> no. I don't know. And that's the end of the game. Uh, after the credits roll, uh, you were taken back to two weeks earlier. And basically, you can continue on doing whatever you want to do making more deliveries and uh, finishing up whatever side missions you have. But that is the end of the game. Yeah. I've, I've still got at least, and maybe only one more that I'm going to do, which is to go see Conan O'Brien. Okay. <laughs> got to go find the cosplayer. Yep. But yeah, that's uh that's, that's the end of the game. Yeah, fair amount of reveals and twists at the end. So it, it you know, I, I would agree with what most people said that it, it feels like there's a lot of payoff at the end. Um, whether it's everything, which it clearly wasn't, and whether it was handled perfectly, which, you know, when they're telling you things you've already figured out, it doesn't feel like much of a reveal. So the before 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 I talked to Anthony. I was still on the impression that, that Lou was, was the same BB from Unger. Yeah. So I beat this game thinking that Lou was, was Sam. And like somehow alternate time, universe Sam. Time traveled <laughs> Sam. I don't know. And I was like, what? Like, how, okay. How? And then I thought to Anthony, Anthony's like, no, that's not how it worked. That, Lou is is a girl that is a different BB. Yeah, just two different BBs. The, yeah, the reveal was Sam was the BB from the flashbacks. And he explained to me that if you ever notice whenever you jacked into Lou, it would always zoom in on Lou's face. It was basically revealing Lou was seeing into Sam's memories, not the other way around. Yep. Yep. And I was like, couldn't they convey that a little bit better? <laughs> Cause I mean, I paid, I played 40 hours this game and paid attention. And I still at the very end, while he was carrying Lou out into the rain, thought that that was him as a baby. Yeah. Uh, you can chalk that up to just keeping things mysterious, I guess. As I said previously, and as I said in my tweet whenever I said I finished this game, I don't know how to feel about this game. 
I did not mind the journey. I don't know if I'll like the end of it. Because I feel like it just sort of ended. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess for me, I, I like the end. I just feel like your reference was appropriate to say there wasn't one big end. It was just, it was this big bang that just kind of fizzles because things keep happening and you're walking around through the credits and then things are still happening. And, and so you, you never get this one big payoff and then it's wrap up. It's this weird trickle at the end. And then couple that with Higgs not being the best antagonist in my mind, then the ending does feel a little bit lacking of punch. Yeah. But I still did generally like the end. I thought there were a lot of good twists and reveals and you know, I like the even just the simple character development of Sam progressing. Now he he's okay being touched. He understands the need for these connections. <laughs> Which is funny because he then says, ah, oh, but I'm still going to go off by myself, basically. I understand yeah. that other people need all these connections, but screw them. <laughs> Just me and Lou. I don't know. I don't know. We do have emails, though. Let's get into the emails because maybe they will help us explain some things. Apparently, I have a missed call from a survey. <laughs> At 8.33 p.m. That's Guys, what are you perfect doing? Perfect survey time. Yeah. First email comes in from Dustin. It's titled Death Stranding Finale. Fuck this game. <laughs> it's bold. The back cover says a genre defining experience, which is bullshit. Nothing it does is genre defining. The strand system or whatever he calls it is just a shitty ripoff of the online elements from Demon Souls or Dark Souls. Instead of messages and being summoned, you're leaving ladders and piss mushrooms. Yeah, building those connections. Where did we leave off? Hartman? Oh, look, my heart is actually heart-shaped. Big whoop. I die every 21 minutes or whatever, hang out for three minutes on the beach, and then get shocked back to life, because that makes sense. Sounds like a big pain in the chest if you're trying to do any scientific research, Mr. Scientist. Yep, he is pretty good having to deal with... You know, how much mental time does he spend planning around the beach and the search for his family? You know, how much time does that actually leave for the science? Not much. Yeah, no kidding, right? Make snow deliveries. Cross a tar lake the size of Texas. Connect California, but we probably should have just left it in the tar. God Particle himself shows up and summons a giant target practice and we lob grenades and rockets till it goes timber. No strategy, just aim, shoot, and run in circles. Very (laughs) genre-defying. I thought for a second I might have to just stand still. After you kill the Jolly Tar Giant, Higgs shoots up your teleprompter and BB, but after the next section, you're magically repaired and A-OK. Next, fragile, but not fragile. (laughs) God. Uh, Sends you to God himself for another boss fight. And did you notice on his forehead is basically the equations on how they came about finding the Higgs boson particle or something? 
Is that what that is? Uh, I wondered if that's what it was. I I never looked it up to compare them. Jeez. I don't know the formula's name, and I'm not a god particle scientist, so I can't. Don't ask me. Uh, also, we never find out why he hates his face so much. Let's talk about the fight. I would sprint up to him and beat the living piss out of him uh, till he teleported away. I did this so many times and figured, well, shit, this isn't doing anything. So I whipped out the only other thing I had, which was the chiral knot strand or whatever, and ran up to him. Waited for him to try and punch so I could counter and tie him up and stomp on him since he's immune to punching. Do this enough times and he wants to go and try your try and CQC your ass and you just repeat the counter hogtie BS enough times until he the game turns into snake and ocelot in the ocean, duking it out, which looks like it was trying to invoke some sort of emotional moment, but nothing about this game is emotional. Man. Dustin hates this game. <laughs> <laughs> now we get one of the cringiest cutscenes ever in gaming with Sam saying, I'm Mario and you're Princess Peach. Then Amelie later explaining why uh, they will run all the way across the beach like Mario and Princess Beach. Kill me right fucking now. (laughs) (laughs) But wait, it doesn't end. The cutscene of them running and looking at each other while laughing was hard to watch. Man, I feel the exact same way. Then they they run a bit and Cliffy U shows up. And the president, blah, 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 stuff happens. Another fight with Cliffy U. This is the part people want to call Metal Gear Solid since you can sneak in the grass. I didn't have much of an issue. Now, the game wants us to walk all the way back east. I took the shortcut along the beach to the south and hijacked the truck and drove through some mule territory. And they tried shooting me up. Man, they have become aggressive. Made it back to the first map and ran to, into a BT. My truck disappeared. I did what I do in every BT encounter. Pull up the map and run to the closest edge. Hop a zip line. But why is there a star marker behind me? What the fuck? I forgot the cargo uh, for fragile but not that fragile. Sunk uh, with the truck, so I had to head back to get them. Then another BSBT shows up. I deal with that. I finally get close enough to the capital shit town to summon the lunar whale and pump it full of grenades. I died with a sliver of health left, but thankfully this game actually gave me a reasonable checkpoint and I didn't have to do 80% of the fight all over. Killed him pretty easily after that. And what do you know? Sam is fatigued and I got to go walk into town. He falls over, destroys the cargo. Boom, game over. I hate this game. Luckily, it checkpointed me after I killed the lunar whale. So I strolled into town and yeah, a bunch of cutscenes with a bunch of explanations. The part where you can choose to shoot Amelie uh, or not. I failed so many times. I saw shooting her doesn't work. Then uh, not shooting her doesn't work. I tried holding on the D-pad to see if there was any other weapons. Nope. I tried shooting whales and just running away. Nothing. I had to look up a walkthrough and found out I had to tap the D-pad to holster my gun. Come the fuck on. I never did that once in the game. I would hold it down to bring up the selection menu. I never tapped it, so yeah, that was fun. Next came the slowest credit scroll ever. There is nothing you can do either. I almost fell asleep multiple times. 
Then the cutscene and gameplay hammering you over the head with what actually went on with Cliffy U and the BB at the hospital. That part I understood pretty well. Why waste my time with that when you could just be explaining a bunch of other shit that wasn't clear? I think my video game prediction or simulator prediction would have been a hell of a lot better than the bullshit they gave us. I really don't like the story or anything about this game. I like how in the end he feels so connected and can hug and make out with Dead Man just because he meets 15 people. That will get you to uh, get you over a touching phobia in no time. Also, the revelation that it wasn't Lou, it was Luis. And then when he broke the container open, is dumb. He didn't literally carry this baby across America and didn't look, once look at the baby's sex. You can see inside the case, it's not that hard to tell. Plus, Dead Man could have corrected him when he called him Lou after his dead son. Like, hey, isn't that a boy's name? I'm not judging, but you know that's a girl, right? <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone else use the weather forecast? I didn't. Nope. Never used nope. it. One time I had to cut an umbilical cord and I forgot how to use my handcuffs, so I just ran away. Those jumps are absolutely useless. Same with the luggage container or luggage launcher. Yeah, I the never used a luggage the launcher once either. I, I don't even know what the hell that is. I don't know how far it launched it, so I don't know how useful it would be, but I, I guess if you had to climb up a cliff, you could like launch it up over the cliff. I assume then it parachutes down so there's no damage, and then you could climb up separately. You wouldn't have to worry. You know, another cool thing I I learned at one point was that if you have no cargo whatsoever, I think you can just stroll through mule territory and they won't care. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. So you could just launch it as far as you could launch it, and then just walk through the territory, pick it up, and then be on your way. So I, I, I guess there were some uses for it. I just never did. I never even saw one. That must be a director's cut thing. Uh, uh, let's see here. The coolest part of the whole game was when I was on a mountain peak and I had one of those hover carriers. I hopped on it and slid down the entire mountain. That's pretty cool. After playing this, Kojima should just quit making games and make a movie, but I don't think they will let him since he doesn't know how to edit. So now we're stuck getting these genre-defying unedited movies that barely pass as video games. Fuck this game, Dustin. <laughs> P.S. My rank at the end was 229 with 75,014 likes, 201 kilometers traveled, and 66.9 tons of cargo delivered. P.S.S. I think it's supposed to be P.P.S., but anyway. Because um, that's postscript script. <laughs> I literally played every 2021 game with you guys, and we'll see if I can continue this trend into 2022. See you next game. Oh, nice. Well, I hate that you wasted 40 hours of your life, Dustin, on something that you absolutely hated. Yeah, it's a long game to to not like in the end. I feel like I feel like he wasn't down on this game until the end. Yeah, are you gonna say same? I don't know how I fucking feel. Let me read the rest of these emails, my friend. <laughs> Still processing. Out. Yeah. Next email comes in from Jamie. So it's called Extinction Entity A. Eh? Drew, you did it. Nicely done on the theory. 
I hope you don't plan to read those emails from last week because my half-assed theory was so, so wrong. I can't read them because, well, I deleted them and then my, my trash was emptied. So those are lost to the to time. Okay, so final thoughts on Death Stranding. Was it fun to play? No. Did I enjoy it anyways? Also no. Am I glad I played it? Yes. It did end up being addictive. I'm not exactly sure why, but I did often find myself doing one more delivery and starting it up just to get to the next knot. Also, I have to mention this this email reads like the emails you get from from the people in Death Stranding because there's tons of emojis in it. This I th- I'm sure you did that on purpose. This is really cool. Um, so why wasn't it fun? Mostly because I found the controls to be a pain in the ass. I don't usually rage at games, but I very nearly threw my controller when I couldn't switch guns quick enough during the last boss fight with the horny whale. Between that and randomly falling every tenth step, or crashing my trike, or having my truck slide down a hill, the game just felt impossible sometimes. But it got better uh, when I started using zip lines. But even that was a pain sometimes. In most games, I have that yes moment. You know, when some cool mechanic blows your mind or a storyline has some revelation that just puts everything in place. As I thought about it, I didn't have any moments like this in the game. I hated the BTs. I hated the bosses. I was annoyed at the cutscenes. I almost picked up my book and started reading during the cutscene and lose chapter. Really could have done without seeing all that again, albeit from a different angle. They could have just skipped to the last scene to show us the most important bit. And I wanted to personally go punch Kojima during all those breaks between cutscenes on the beach. Time might mean nothing for Amelie, but on the beach, it does not mean nothing to me. (laughs) But my biggest issue are with the story, or issues are with the story. I really didn't like the Extinction storyline. This game was so frustrating how it tied... It tried to be bigger than itself. The line that Amelie said really pissed me off, basically implying that all the mass extinctions slash path death strandings were the universe's way to right the wrong that was the Big Bang. But that just felt self-important. Yes, the whole universe is trying to re- trying to right itself by causing extinctions on this tiny planet. I mean, I guess you could assume it was also happening on other planets, but I still didn't love what they were implying. And besides, organic life is just a tiny bit of the mass of the universe. You'd think if, you'd think if it wanted to write itself, it would start creating BT Jupiters. I also really didn't like the umbilical cord stuff. It didn't make much sense. Even Sam says not all of life has umbilical cords. It felt like forced narrative. I had hopes. Uh, that there was some cool explanation about the blurring of lines between multiverses and that the afterlife was just a different universe. I feel like that would have been more interesting. And of course, and honestly, I would have, I found Cliff to be more interesting when he searched for BB, not a, not really BT, as not, uh, for BB as not really BT, but kind of. Now in how it all happened, not in in how it all happened, excuse me, I can't read today, 
why are his beaches always World War II instead of modern? How did he control the other BTs? Why did he keep attacking Sam if somehow he knew he was his son? It would have been nice to see some of that rather than rehashing all the BB cliff scenes. Oh, and what was with the spider webs? It's a good question. I don't know. Spider webs are connected. Everything's connected. Also made of strands. Yep. The gun that was used by Bridget, but also used as well by Die Hard Man, was used to kill Cliff, as well as Sam, which then was also reused by Die Hard Man to kill Amelie using Sam's blood, which was then used to pull Sam back into the living world by dead man because it was connected to him. I don't know. The gun had a lot of uses. The gun was the MacGuffin. Yeah. And the, the crazy thing is the gun was introduced in the last two hours of the game. Yeah, I mean it. I have a problem with that. I have a problem with that. I have to bring that up. If if your if your if your savior of this whole thing is this gun that was used, and it's not introduced until the last, the second to the last episode, or well, okay, third, third to the last episode of the game. You don't. That, that's that's a cop out, guys. Yeah, it's like you didn't have an end, and then you just wrote it at the end. Yeah, if let's say Die Hard Man gave Sam that gun at the very beginning of the game and said, "Here, you might want to use this. Hang on to it." That would make sense. And he's had this gun with him the whole time. Yeah, I don't know. No, I I agree. It it makes it feel a little less directed it feels less important like you know not to always bring up 12 monkeys but you know when when you see a scene in the beginning and then understand it at the very end of the movie everything comes full circle here this is a very tiny circle because you only start the circle right at the end yeah right? you, you you need that that it doesn't maybe that maybe that's another reason that the ending just doesn't feel like it has enough punch to it yeah, it feels like everything wrapped up. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Really quickly, yeah. Speaking of, while I'm glad you were right about Sam being BB, I have some questions. Well, I have a question. So if Sam survived in the real world and grew up, how did Lou get to be in this world? Ah, see? See? I'm not the only one who thought that Lou was Sam. <laughs> So, say, Lou is not Sam. Lou is just a different BB. Sam was the first BB. So, was Lou ever anything special then? Or was it always Sam I have, to begin with? I think it was always Sam to begin with. So much for Lou being the mastermind. <laughs> yeah. And if he's the other half of Sam, like Amelie was the other half of Bridget, will he age in this world? And since saving Sam on the beach set off the first Death Stranding, why doesn't it do that whenever Lou presumably crossed to the real world? So, I, I mean, all that's... 
because Lou is not Sam. Yeah, and Lou might but not I, be anything special. I I I had the exact same feelings as you, Jamie, because I I thought that 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 was Sam, but somehow time traveled or, or beach traveled or so I don't know. There are also little things they just seem to skip over, like how they don't have void outs everywhere since there's so many people living isolated and alone, presumably without a porter to incinerate their body whenever they die. It would have been nice to get the location of a prepper just to find a crater and be like, well, I guess he died in his sleep. <laughs> also, who thought it would be a great idea to have all their houses on top of mountains? The BTs still get up there, so there is zero benefit. And who brings them food? They always seemed so surprised when Sam was able to get to them, so they probably don't get any porters all the time. Okay, so this is a lot of negativity, but I can say I'm glad I finished it. This is the first game I've finished in a long time, and it did feel good to finish the story, however much I disliked that story. Can't wait to hear what you guys thought of it. In closing, here are some of my stats. Total playtime, 38 hours, 1 minute. Distance traveled, 177.7 kilometers. I had no idea the U.S. was so tiny. <laughs> Tumbles taken, 16. That's a goddamn lie. Orders completed, 74. Number of times BB soothed, 40. Likes from BB, 92. BB connection level, 4 out of 5. UCA members recruited, 28. That's got to be the minimum because I literally did the least amount of work possible. Total likes, 34,778. Other players, 12,947, which is shocking considering I made like one bridge and two ladders and maybe a handful of zip lines. Probably broke the record for how many times I screamed fuck you at the TV, but hey, my kids have learned a... Uh, to swear, have to learn to swear somewhere. Jamie. Okay, so not hated it, glad they finished it, but didn't like it. Alright, so we have hated it, kinda, kinda disliked it, and let's see where Chad goes. <laughs> Last email comes in from Chad. It is titled, More Marmite, Please. Mm. Frick, Marmite Howdy is so crew. bad. What's Marmite that? is so bad. Marmite is so bad. Heinous. Okay. Howdy, crew. Okay, so let's face it. This is totally a Marmite game. Yep. I know we've described Marmite games as love it or hate it games in the past, but I think there is a third prong to consider here, which is the group that says, I've tried Marmite, and although I don't think it's the worst tasting thing in the world, I don't believe I will ever have the desire to eat this again. <laughs> so an almost hate it. <laughs> right. With that being said, I think I'm the only person playing along that actually likes this game. Not only do I like it, I would go as far as to say I love it. Mm. Now here's the thing. I don't think anyone is wrong at all for not liking the game. Frankly, you can't be wrong or right when it comes to liking or disliking something. If I say I don't like the taste of lemon, are you going to tell me that I'm wrong? It's pretty ironic that a game being so focused on bringing people together can be so polarizing. 
Kojima does get too much credit as being some sort of prolific genius. However, I think the relevance of the content in this <clears throat> in this game in comparison to what I've been dealing with over the past couple of years may make it more compelling than it's actually worth. The idea that a major societal changing event has occurred, forcing people into isolation because they are afraid of the dangers of the outside world and subsequently become over-reliant on delivery and online services is oddly prolific. That never happen. No kidding, right? Now, I'm not that deluded to think that Kojima had a crystal ball and knew all this was coming when developing the game. It's coincidental, but it is still very eerie and amusing. What if we didn't have the internet and delivery services to lean on? We've recently been getting a taste of that, too, with the nationwide supply chain issues. I'll reiterate that I don't think Kojima is necessarily a genius or um, prophetic. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, uh, this is still a fascinating and timely and cautionary sci-fi tale. Here's a big question. Is this game fun? For many, if not most people, the answer is a hard no. However, I personally enjoyed everything about this game. I enjoyed the traversal, mechanics, presentation, curated moments, and song choices, the odd little details and nuances of the various quiet moments, the memorable and often goofy characters, albeit well acted, and most of all the crazy story—crazy uh, story that somehow manages to make sense in the end. As I mentioned in previous email, I don't know that everything is fully explained and tied up with a bow by the end, but I do think the story does a decent job of explaining itself when it's all said and done. One thing I can't wrap my head around pertains to the ages of the characters. Oh, here we go. Especially Sam. Dead Man mentions that at one point that World War II was over a hundred years ago, which would make the setting for this game at least somewhere around 2040. Was Unger in World War II in Vietnam? I'm guessing the flashbacks with Unger and the BB take place sometime in the 80s when referencing the journal entries on the BB experiments which would probably put Unger in his early 60s at that time. That is feasible, but Sam was a baby then. If it's now around 2040, then Sam would be in his early 60s. And Bridget and Die Hardman would be in their 90s. <laughs> Just like the concept of being able to cross several states in minutes, the timing aspect doesn't seem to add up either. However, the game seems to keep some aspects regarding time and distance intentionally vague, so I'm not too bent out of shape, regardless of the details. I often explain to my son why it's a good thing for everyone to have different likes and dislikes. The world would be a pretty boring place if everyone liked the same things. Yep. Comfort is the enemy of progress, and homogeny stifles creativity. Never apologize for your own feelings nor make it a personal mission to make everyone agree with you. This is essentially the crux of the most annoying aspects of our societal bubbles, such as politics and console fanboy wars. It's okay to have a preference and differing opinions. In fact, that is very much welcomed. 
This game has really stuck with me for some reason, and it will likely join the list of games I end up replaying every few years. Here's my final question on this game since the last recording cut out at the end. This game has such such a mishmash of various gaming elements, but what genre do you think this game actually belongs to? Till next time, Chad. I'm still torn on what to call this game. Yeah. We answered it and it got lost to time and I still don't know what to call it. I would say this, this is, this is an adventure game. I, I, I a action, action adventure, adventure game. Yeah. I mean, that's the simplest. Yeah. It means you would never envision this game necessarily if you said action adventure. So hard to tell how useful it is, but you know, in, in lieu of something better, I think that's what you'd have. That's what I would go with. Yeah, it's not a shooter. It has shooting elements in it. It's not a sneaking game. It has sneaking elements in it. It's not a horror game. It has horror elements yeah. in it. It's not I couldn't tell you game. what this it's game fragile is. Fragile elements in it. Exactly. It's fragile, but not, not fragile. <laughs> it's a French word. Yeah, I my my thoughts on this game are much closer to Chad's. I'm not going to say I loved it without, you know, without question. But if I'll go anywhere, I would prefer a game that's ambitious and unique. And in, in my mind, this game does do a lot of things right. And to me, that's interesting and exciting, even if I agree with most of the negative comments as well. I I just for, for me there there were a lot of little moments that I liked. So I feel like in a I feel like in a lot of games we play, I mean Yakuza is a good example where the minute to minute gameplay I could take or leave. I don't really care about the gameplay of Yakuza. I mean sometimes it's fun, sometimes it's okay. But it's everything else about that game I loved. In some ways this game was the opposite where I I did really get into a groove and kind of zen out a little bit on some of those hikes, especially when the music kicked in. I, I love how they actually show the little, like, song title card and, you know, an, an artist name. I, I like that, and that was also the moments where, you know, you're going to trek for a few minutes and, you know, you, I could just get into it. Um, So, you know, in, in some ways it was the minute-to-minute gameplay I liked the most in this game. The mysteries as well, whether there was enough payoff at the end, you know, uh, maybe, maybe not. But I'd say the same thing about Lost. It was the mysteries along the way that were so intriguing about Lost. It wasn't necessarily the payoff at the end. But also, a lack of payoff at the end doesn't ruin all of the mysteries for me. I mean, uh, I'm never going to forget seeing those first trailers and just being like, and even the first couple hours of this game, and being like, what on God's earth is this game? I don't understand. Yeah. And like, to go from that into almost a mundane, like, oh, I get the game now. I still don't know what's happening, but I understand the routine of the game, and I kind of like it, to then big payoffs and boss battles and stories and characters I can sympathize with. It's got everything I want in a game. I don't think it all comes together perfectly in the end, but I really appreciate Kojima's vision, even if he can't execute perfectly. I think I think that's okay. where I fall in the end. I did like the game, 
I don't. I don't think I would say I loved it. I definitely liked it, and uh, I'm not sure I would ever play it again. Although I do okay. want to play a little bit more of it. Um, I wish there were a couple of hooks in the end to say like, oh, if you. You know, I wish there were a couple of golden chocobo style things or, you know, or weapon style things where, like, if you get all the cities up to five stars, then something else is going to happen in this game. Another, like, post-credits, post-post-post-credits event is going to happen. That would be intriguing to me. But starting over from the beginning, I'm not sure. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. <sighs> I'm still mulling it over. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't think. I don't think I like this game. I really don't. So you're not on the hate it side, but you're on the dislike side of neutral. Yeah, I would. I would say that's that's the best way to describe it for me. I, I just feel like there was. Uh, the, the problem. I the biggest thing that irked me the most was the fact that. At the end of it, I, I had I had my I, I I understood the the information that was provided to me wrong. Yeah, that's not great. I, I I I literally ended this game thinking that Lou was Sam. Yeah, and I was like that. And but when I you know I talked to Anthony, and then I also went and watched like a little short video explaining the ending to me. I was like, oh, that's what happened. I was like, okay. And and that's kind of how I felt. I was like, oh, okay. And it, I kind of just moved on from there. I don't. I didn't mind the moment to moment gameplay. It was it was sure it was mundane. Um, but you know what? So is hitting hitting the same buttons while playing Diablo three, and I could sit there and do that all day. Yeah. You know. Um, I think it, I think graphically it looked great. Um, I think it was decently acted. There were some cringe moments in there. <laughs> um, but, uh, also, <laughs> I don't know if you read the email, the email from Dead Man talking about, uh, this old movie called, the uh, what was it called? It was the something, The Sound of Water? Mm-hmm. Right? What's it called? Is it called The Sound of Water or something like that? The, the Guillermo del Toro. The Shape of Water? The Shape yeah. of Water. He was talking about the shape of water. You should really see it when you get a chance. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, come on. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. Uh, I guess the journey was better than the destination for me. Yeah, it's interesting because I think in the end, the things that I liked the most in the last few hours were those revelations where, like, I feel like I understand Unger now. Like, I, you know, I... I, I get that. I, I, I feel like I came full circle on Die Hardman. I'm like, oh, you know, I, I understand his character. I, you know, I liked a lot of the characters, but, you know, I'm always thinking back to the, <laughs> to some of the scenes of Yakuza that are so emotional. And I, I guess I would never expect that out of this game, but while I liked the characters, they never, never in this game got to the point where I cared about the characters all that much. Right. Any of them. I mean, they yeah. were a little weird. They were a little like the the amount of time you spend with them 
is limited. Your physical interactions with almost all of them are limited. So, you know, in, in some ways the game is about connections, but be, because whether it was the game engine or what, like the fact that you don't spend that much time with the characters, the fact that they never showed cities of characters, I don't know. But but you just, like in, in Yakuza, you have these characters spending every moment together, basically. And in this game, you spend almost no time with the characters. I mean, Sam's a loner. And in the end, he does come to cherish those connections. But I, I, I don't know. I, I never came to cherish those connections, I guess, as a player. Yeah, yeah. Like Die Hardman was interesting. You know, I, I liked Unger, but more just because I like Mads Mikkelsen rather than I like the character of Unger all that much. Although, again, in the story, I do think he was one of my my favorite in this game. Right. But... I you know, I don't know how I yeah, I still don't know how I feel about it. I think I know a lot of people said, Oh, you gotta let it stew for a little bit and think about it, but I think I'm gonna come out on, on the dislike side of it. I just I, I, there it was it was you could have cut out a lot of that. You really could yeah. have. I put forty hours into that game. I think it's more of an interesting game than a good game. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. And, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of people talk about, did you have fun with the game? That's another interesting point because, you know, a lot of people will point out, well, do you have fun at a sad movie or a scary movie? I can still enjoy it without it being fun. Yeah, I mean, all of that I think applies to this too. Trying to unravel the mysteries, thinking about who's good, who's bad, you know, finally achieving some of those deliveries that were a little bit more challenging, those all were satisfying, even if they weren't by definition fun. But I, I don't know. The, th- the thing is, is that I've played games that, that handle mystery and, and discovery 10 times better than this game. Yeah. Like, I mean, I can easily Danganronpa series, the Danganronpa series. Yep. Handles mystery so much better than this game. Yep. Like I mean, I mean that game's I, I almost based around com- mystery. Yeah, I mean the the thing is, is like I, you, you can't, you shouldn't be able to compare those. And I, I know it's, that's unfair, but I'm just like you know, they try to be mysterious in this game, and you got the expo- When I got the explanation, I just went, oh, okay. Instead of, oh shit, you know, like, like it wasn't like a big revelation. Yeah. yeah again, for me, it was, it, that, that, that's a big piece of it. While there were revelations, they didn't feel big enough. They didn't feel punchy enough. Right. And I, you know, and, and even some of our theories from before, not that I'm saying I wanted to be right by any means, but you know, it, it would have been cool if there was a little bit more tie in to like, you know, did the social features mean something in the game? Were they, were they part of it? Or was it purely a game mechanic? You know, was was the the distance traveled, and you know the the time dilation aspect? Again, it it's not the kind of game that needs to be accurate to the year or to the mile. But you know, had had they built some of those things in more, and it had made more sense, it, it wouldn't have felt as much like just a, a lack of payoff or a lack of explanation. Yeah. And I think some of those things come together to to basically reduce some of the gravity of the ending. And, you know, I think all these things, 
build up a little bit to where the end does, isn't as meaningful as it could have been. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, that's... I did like that's it. That's all though. I gotta say. I did like it. I'll put it, I'll say it, like, I didn't mind it, but I, it could have definitely been handled a lot better. Yep. And, and been about 10 hours shorter. Yes. Yes. If this had been a 29 to 30 hour game and you had changed the way the story unfolded, because I, I, I kind of, I love the setting. You know, I love that it's a quote unquote post apocalyptic game, but it's not zombies or climate change or whatever have you typical end of the world scenario this is a quite distinct end of the world scenario it's almost fantasy in this so many things happening in this game are not explained and are just you know just take it this is just what happens in this world they're not going i mean they, they they try to go pretty scientific in the game but it's all nonsense yeah yeah. It's not by any means a scientifically based game. So I, I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, not, none of that's negative per se. It's just that, I don't know. Had it been structured a little bit differently, I think it, it's it's got a lot of great points. It's just a bit uneven in, in the delivery and, you know, a little bit little bit slow and a little bit uh, sabotaging its own payoff in the end. So Yeah, yeah. I think that's the best way to put it. It's, this game got in front of itself too many times. Yep. Maybe maybe could you be a for better us. editor. Yeah, yeah, for real. That's that's uh but that's it. That's it for us. I appreciate all of you guys uh playing along with us and writing in and and um hopefully enjoying the journey with us. Um but um if you would like to send emails, it is Drew at ZTGD.com. You can also tweet to us. I am at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS. And the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. But, uh, yeah, that's the uh, first game of 2022 in the books. And the next game? The next game is going to be Inscription, which is... I started this game today, put about... 15, 20 minutes into it. I don't even know what to tell you about this game. This game is weird. <laughs> so weird game to weird game. It is a, dude, I get the feeling I'm going to like the mysteries in this game better than I did Death Stranding. Mm. I'm intrigued as shit. That's what I'll say. So it's almost funny if you're talking mysteries, you're talking intrigue, Death Stranding. I mean, with those initial trailers and with Kojima behind it. My hype and my hope and my expectations were through the roof. Inscription you know, I know nothing about really other than that, you know, recently a few people have mentioned that it's interesting. So I'm intrigued to play it, but it, it, it the, the bar set a fair bit lower. Okay. Well, we'll see what goes on. Cause I, I still don't know what's going to happen in this game. Cause I'm just like, well, <laughs> it's, 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 it's it's wild. But, uh, yeah, we're going to be back next week with, uh, with the first part of inscription. Not, I don't know exactly how we're going to handle that because what I've played so far, I'm just like, how do we talk about this? It feels almost like a 12 minutes kind of situation where you kind of just have to do it in one go and just be like, what'd you think of this and this and this? Yeah. You know, we'll see how it goes though. We're going to try and play through as much as we can 
and uh, we'll try and gauge how we want to do this. But I know Dustin said he's playing along with us for their inscription. Um, So if anybody else out there is playing along, please send us emails. I want to hear your thoughts on it. Okay. But that's going to be it for us. Until next time, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And we are out of here. Hope you guys have a great week, and I hope this recording works properly. We'll find out. Uh, But uh, we'll be back next week with the first part of Inscription. Let's make a toast to the time Waiting for tomorrow when we're played out by the band Drowning out our sorrows, what will become of us now at the end of time we'll be fine you and I let's draw a line in the sun keep it straight and
can take